Live from the Battleborn Broadcast Center, it's Cofield and Company. It's freaking nerve wracking here, man. Five o'clock hour. I'm getting ready to start. Intro of the hour. And uh, five seconds before we come back, John Von Tobel, who's the company, was like, Did you see Gallo? And I'm like, Whoa, no, what? What? Joey Gallo. Joey Gallo, hometown hero. What's going on with him? He quit. No. Uh, pulled out of the starting lineup for the Rangers. All right. Well, Trey Turner got pulled out of the lineup last night for the Nationals. What are you implying? It wasn't a trade. Uh, I, I don't know. I wouldn't read into the whole being pulled out of the lineup. Hmm. I'm not saying Gallo was COVID positive, as Trey Turner was. But, but you know, truth is, uh, Gallo is – is he being offered up? I think they're listening. I don't think they want to trade him for just nothing, though. Well, Steve, in your face. Because Evan Grant is reporting who covers the Texas Rangers at Gallo was scratched for non-medical reasons and that it appears a trade is going down. Yeah, uh, let's see. Who is this? Joey Gallo, Vegas local. Uh, a Levi Weaver mm-hmm. says, hearing from multiple sources that Joey Gallo is being traded to. Battleborn Injury God. Lawyers presents the Big Five at Five. Number five. Jeff Passan. Now being that traded I've, to Jeff Passan? Uh, now that I've delayed for 12 seconds, breaking news, uh, Joey Gallo, the New York Yankees are finalizing a deal to acquire the outfielder from the Texas Rangers. See you later. I don't think I can do the big five. <laughs> now, before... <laughs> oh, my God. Now, I'm going to ask you this. Oh, my God! Yeah! You're happy? All right! You happy? Come on. How much do I talk about Joey Gallo on the show? How many times do I have to sing the stupid, whatever it is, Concrete Blonde song? Joey! On the Yankees. which And I was going to say, with the short porch, not really that short anymore. Right. <laughs> New Yankee Stadium actually is not a massive advantage for left-handers, but uh, that's what Passon's saying, that, oh, the rich get richer! Not really, because the Yankees aren't that rich. They won't spend their money, but looks like Joey Gallo uh, could be going to the Yankees. And by the way, the Yankees last night uh, looked like they were, <laughs> were shedding money, which is amazing to me. They traded a couple of relievers to the Cincinnati Reds. I cut you off. Joey Gallo, maybe in what is now a big six, going to the Yankees. Well, I was curious if you were happy. I mean, because exactly what the Yankees need, right, is just another power bat that swings and misses a lot. So, Well, they need a lefty. <laughs> they, they do. Right? I mean, they're desperate for left-handed bats because that's what people have bitched and moaned about is that their lineup is very unbalanced. Yes. So you think he fits? I mean, I know you like him. And I thought Rugnit Odor, the other Texas Ranger, was going to be that answer as a lefty. John Heyman, baseball writer, says Yankees get Gallo. Um, and I can't wait until someone rolls out with a nickname, Crazy Joe Gallo. Look that up during the break. So there's another Joe Gallo in the history of New York with quite the reputation. Uh, give me number five again. Number five. We can, we can bother you if you got time for us. All right, NBA draft. Less than 24 hours away. Uh, first pick will be going down eh, like 24 hours and 12 minutes. A lot going on here. A very interesting lottery. A lot of shuffling. We both think the number one pick to Detroit is going to be Cade Cunningham. After that, all bets are off. A lot of uh, international players involved. And apparently, are the Lakers trying to force their way into the lottery or maybe the top ten? I'm going to try to do my gorilla lap. <laughs> but they have Kyle Kuzma as a trade chip. <laughs> there it is. That one bad, right? I... 
So this is great. You understand the Lakers need some help, right? They have a lot of guys who are free agents. They are constrained with cap situations, all these things, because of Anthony Davis and the money that they're paying, LeBron James. Um, but I laugh at this because, remember all those years ago, when the Anthony Davis trade went down, and how many people thought the Lakers won the trade because they got Anthony Davis and they got to keep Kyle Kuzma? Well, hmm. one player involved in that trade is about to hit the free agent market and get himself a pretty decent deal because he's a pretty good player. And that's Lonzo Ball, right? The Pelicans could be clearing cap to re-sign him or he's going elsewhere. But regardless, the Lakers are trying really hard to unloan Kyle Kuzma. And I got news for you. I don't think anybody wants him, bro. Uh, I saw Woj the other day saying that uh, Kuzma's been offered to just about everyone around right. the league and no one's biting. No. Not for anything significant. Right. I'm sorry, but like that's – and it goes back to what we talk about, like, when it goes to Damian Lillard, right, the Damian Lillard thing, and people are like, he's going to be a Laker. And it's like, what are you trading for him? And when you see oh, Taylor Horton Tucker, Kyle Kuzma, signing Trey Schroeder, what? So three balls of lint? Like, what are we doing? I just – I think it's pretty incredible because I always thought it was a little weird that everybody, because Kuzma, right before the trade happened, had a pretty decent scoring year. But you got to realize, like, let this play out and see what happens. And sure enough, Kuzma has struggled to shoot the ball. He has not been the player that you expected him to be. And there's an argument to be made that each and every single one of the players that the Pelicans got is better than Kyle Kuzma. And nobody in the league wants a piece of him. Number four. Big performance last night from Team USA. To be expected, if it was a close game, it would have been a freaking disaster. USA beats Iran 120-66, 42-point spread in the game. Uh, going to the fourth, they actually were inside the number. Uh, I didn't think they played very well at the end of the third. I started sending uh, you and other folks who were out of the country. Uh, it wasn't panic. I was just making comments on the the play. Uh, one, I did not like the energy of Draymond Green at different points in the game. I thought JaVale McGee. Did you watch the game? <laughs> I haven't watched it. Dude, his box outs I thought sucked. He, there were a couple of times the ball just bounced to the floor. Like, come on, Draymond. Now it's going to be my turn tonight to rewatch the game and send you Draymond Green highlights. You can, you can, you can send it to me. I thought JaVale McGee was actually the one of the best energy guys um, at different moments in the game, but especially in the fourth quarter when they secured the cover. But the biggest thing was, and there were multiple players saying this, they played with a little more freedom, and they actually were a little more selfish. Folks thought in the game against uh, France that they were not pulling the trigger when they should, and they went on a run where they made like eight of nine threes. They made 19. This team, because of the slightly shorter distance of the three-point line, but this team has so many good wings who can shoot the three. Like, they could have a game where they make 33s. Like, seriously. Yeah. It's it's an easy shot for them. Um, and really, the leader last night, and he said he was actually a little bit gun-shy. He wasn't playing with freedom in the game against France, was Lillard. And I'll give your guy credit. Draymond Green went over to Lillard at some point between games and was like, shoot the ball. Be you. So, to your point, Draymond Green can be a leader, right. can be an emotional guy, and... Yeah, Lillard said, uh, I got to be a little more selfish. And so Dame Lillard made six threes in the first. I think he finished with seven. And it all came in the flow of what is kind of an offense. So I think there's kind of an interesting give and take with Damian Lillard. I was ready to fire up the high. Are you ready for this hot take that I was ready to fire okay, out okay. there? I don't know if I'm ready to fire it up, but I want to throw this at you. I don't know if Damian Lillard is the guy you want for FIBA basketball. What does that mean to describe FIBA basketball? So, like, four quarters, ten minutes, a little bit more physical, right, in terms of the way that you can defend guys. And especially with the way that the Americans play, and you watch a lot of that game, they switch everything. 
Like they switch everything. They will put Damian Lillard on an opposing big. And that's a little bit of a problem. But to me, with Damian Lillard, when you watch him, how many times when you watch the game yesterday was a possession of Damian Lillard, one screen, pull up, and three, right? Like that, that's kind of Damian Lillard's game. And in an NBA game where it's 48 minutes as opposed to 40, right, and nearly 100 possessions, maybe a little bit more, you can get away with that because you have time to make up those possessions if you play quick enough. But in FIBA basketball, the game is shorter. And so those possessions are lost possessions. They mean that much more in that setting, right? And so I feel like in a game like this where he's on, it's going to look great. But in other games, like when they played in the first half against Spain, when you see some of the other issues in the friendlies against Australia and Nigeria, those are empty possessions, and you don't have a lot of time to make up those gaps. I will say it is noticeable the difference between the way the Americans play and other teams. And as bad as Iran was, they actually ran some nice offense. Right. They actually use their big men in the high post and out by the three-point line to initiate offense. They're just not good. I I still wonder, because what they were talking about last night is, hey, let's you know play freely, and it's not a roster built with a drive-and-dish point guard. Is there going to be a moment in some of these close games where they've got all these weapons, but they don't really have the mechanisms to set up good shots? While the other teams, and I'm, I, don't even th- I don't even know, like I don't buy this, I'll, I'll ask you, do you buy that? Every other international team plays together all the time. They know each other. I mean, couple, they, they all play in different leagues, don't they? Some of the other, some of the other international teams. Well, they do, but like they've played other international competitions together, okay. right? So it's not like they play together every single day. Right. But the best example is this: the main players for Spain they played in the 2008 gold medal game. So right? they've been they've been it's, around each other forever, right? So like when you get back together, like sure, they've gotten back together around the exact same time that the Americans have. But find me a team for Team USA in which Jason Tatum, Damian Lillard, right? Damian Lillard's a first-time Olympian. Like some of these guys are just getting together for the first time, and I think that's where the difference comes. Do you worry about them not running an offense in crunch time? Oh yeah, to a certain extent, for sure. Look, I mean, like you watched it. Sometimes their half-court offense isn't great, (laughs) right? They are at their best when, and I haven't looked at the box score. I wish there were some more detailed box scores. They're at their best when they can defend well. Because when they defend well, it leads to missed shots. Missed shots lead to rebounds. Rebounds lead to transition. Transition leads to easy buckets. Like, that's where they're going to be at their best. So if they can play really good defense against some of these other teams, I think they're going to be really good. And I think they have the capability of playing pretty good defensively. Yeah, at one point, the assist-to-turnover ratio was 30-5, to which is good. But I think a lot of the assists that that I noticed were basically uh, drive to a spot, hang in the air, find someone at the three-point line. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure that's a result of six passes, you know, (laughs) that type of assist. But were there every once in a while, like you would see, because I'll I'll ask you, because, again, I haven't watched this one yet. Like there were some times against like in their in their game uh, against France, right, or in the in the game in the friendlies again, where like when they would initiate their offense with Bam Adebayo at the top. Right. And there would be a lot. There would be some possessions where it's like one, two, three, four, five passes to an open shot and then hit it. Like there are times where their offense looks really good. But there are other times when it's I'm Kevin Durant. I'm Damian Lillard. I'm Jason Tatum. I am the alpha and isolation scorer on my team. And sometimes it's just going to bog down in the half court. Number three. You know, we never talked uh, in the NFL news cycle about the idea that there's, is there going to be an alternate feed for Monday Night Football with the Manning brothers rotating as analyst? Do you, do you like that? Look, I'm of the mindset that I, like, you could put a giraffe in the booth. For any of sporting event and i wouldn't really care that much right and if it's just sounds of him chomping on branches and like grunting and farting it wouldn't really be that bad because i'm just watching the game and i like peyton manning 
So anything with Peyton Manning involved, I think I can co- totally be I, down with. I don't get why Eli's there. Right. That's where I kind of am getting lost on Eli. I, I thought was always a dud. Well, but here's the, like to be fair, how many things have we given like seen Eli in which he's been given the opportunity to show his personality? Um, satellite commercials and lame sound bites. Oh, he was good in the satellite commercials. You thought? The dish commercials? Uh, I thought it was good. Okay, I'll, I'll let him I'm know. Not, I'll let him I'm know. not fired up about this. They're doing a mega cast. Uh, by the way, now Adam Schefter's name is in the mix. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of that one. I have listened to the Adam Schefter pod when it has been forced upon us because ESPN National throws it on. Oh, wow. Huh. Keep going. It's not great. Uh, one story says Schefter is obviously isn't a play-by-play broadcaster. But say no something. <laughs> uh, one source said, I guess Schefter will be the lead. The hosting job is envisioned more like Ernie Johnson and less like Al Michaels. Or is someone comparing Adam Schefter's upside on a broadcast to Ernie Johnson? Also, Ernie Johnson is a studio host with no live action going on. That's like a completely different It'll be game. like watching Monday Night Football, the Mannings and their friends. <laughs> if you want down and distance, that's on a main broadcast. This will look and feel totally different. What? Yeah. Why would I watch? Didn't Joe Tessitore try that too? Wasn't that his whole vibe? I don't, I don't know what. He he did this whole thing. In that story that was in the ringer, he talked about, you know, uh, I, I can't even describe what he was talking about. It was like jazz riffing right. and classic. And when you read it, you're like, wow. This, like, you know you're not locked into this for 20 years, Tessie. Right. Like, this... I looked down a little bit. It was very much a vibe of, this is my thing. (laughs) Okay, we'll see. Number two. Uh, Good news coming out of uh, Raiders camp. It sounds like their vaccination situation is good. And if you're one of the people out there who's like, I'm tired of hearing about this. This doesn't matter. Who cares? It mattered last year. The Raiders season turned into, I'm not going to say a disaster, but that should have been a playoff team. We're talking about a team the last couple of years that has been seven and five and six and four. And last year they were seven and five. And some of the losses throughout the season, I believe, in part were due to the fact that they struggled dealing with COVID. They had players sitting out. They had games moved. They had a game where the offensive line was virtually, uh, you know, completely unavailable. They need to manage the situation a lot better. I really liked what I heard from John Gruden today. You know, I've never really given statistics on COVID vaccinations, but I would say that we have every man vaccinated on the staff. I could also say that I believe we have every man vaccinated on the team with the exception of about four or five guys. So we're proud of that. We're excited about that. We're also respectful of everybody's personal opinion. We basically remodeled our facility last year to keep our social distancing. We learned the hard way. I got fined. Raiders got fined. We lost a lot of players last year because of COVID. You know, we're not going to totally disregard where this virus is and uh, the variants that are out there, but I'm not an expert on the virus. I'm just trying to get our football team ready to play, and I'm going to do the best I can. So I friggin' love that Gruden talked about the ramifications of blowing it last year. Now, what does that mean? Well, it doesn't mean a whole lot. There's recognition that last year was screwed up, but through action is how we're going to find out if the Raiders are really taking this seriously. Because John Gruden said a lot of the same things last year. Like, we're doing it. You know, we're doing a good job. We're, we're, you know, we have respect for this COVID thing. And then they showed that they didn't. 
But I like at the beginning of this whole thing, this campaign where COVID is going to be an issue again, it just is. That maybe they learn a lesson from being docked over a million dollars. And as he said, we lost a lot of players last year. The Tampa Bay game, right? That was a nightmare for that offensive line. But I think, I guess the one difference would be there is one tangible step that they have taken that is different from last year. If he's right and he's saying only four or five guys are not vaccinated on this team, right? If that's accurate, then that's a really good sign. And that's a tangible sign that they are taking it seriously to an extent. Then they've already run run into some bad luck with the four or five because uh, there were two guys who were put on the COVID list today. Uh, I don't, I haven't seen it yet if they're definitely positive, Uh, but both running or two running backs, Theo Riddick and Jalen Richard. to, to give them a maybe, I guess. And we already knew Richard was not vaccinated because right. Richard has come out publicly many times, and Adam Hill detailed this last week. Uh, Richard is just not in a vaccine, period. And that's, kids are not vaccinated, so he's he's been consistent on that. And that's where I was going to go with, well, to be, I mean, to believe that was advocate, one of the guys is that we know actually not vaccinated. So Well, the, the crazy situation that we're hearing about is with football team, Washington football team, where uh, Rob Motti, who was on with us yesterday, said they were one of the four lowest teams in the NFL. Again, that was about two weeks ago where the, the football team was one of the four lowest in the NFL. And now cancer survivor Ron Rivera is saying he's really frustrated that he just he can't get the guys to do it. Quote, with the new variant, who knows? When I'm in a group and the group's not vaccinated or there's a mixture, I put the mask on and I do that for health reasons because nobody really knows. I have to do that. And I just wish and I hope that our guys can understand that. Uh, he also said we're not where we want to be and that he is, quote, beyond frustrated with his players' lower vaccination rate and worries about the potential impact it's going to have on their team. Number one. Uh, Gruden spoke today. Check that yesterday. And Derek Carr spoke today. Uh, I wanted to get to what Gruden was saying, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Again, big issues around the Raiders. Last year, they struggled dealing with COVID, right? The other big issue, and it's been a couple of years now, their defense just was not good. It wasn't good down the stretch in games. It killed them down the stretch in the season. You know, within hailing distance of the playoffs, actually a slight favor to actually make the playoffs. Uh, at the 12-game mark, and then they fall short and go 8-8. Eight and eight. Well, Gruden is enthusiastic. They've made a lot of changes, especially, you know, at the top with the D.C. They've brought in some new personnel. He's fired up. He likes what he's seeing. Well, it's it's been fun to watch. No disrespect to Paul, um, but we have a completely group, of, uh, different group of players, too. Uh, but Gus is, uh, um, he's a high-energy coach. Uh, he's upbeat, positive. He's philosophical. It's fun to be around. He makes you laugh, but he also pushes you. And I think what's going to make this defense go is, is, is how we rush the passer, how it goes up front. And Yannick is a difference maker. I mean, I feel him uh, every time I see him on the grass. And Max is on the rise. I think another young player. Um, really impressed with Kuntz. Uh, Malcolm Kuntz has made an impression. And um, if we can improve up front, uh, I think uh, this defense will be much improved. All right. So he's he's feeling Yannick Ngakwe every time he's on the grass. I love the way Gruden speaks sometimes. Um, and interesting that he – and he tends to do this, calling out Kuntz on the positive side. It's early. Mm-hmm. But he was drafted to be a, another pass rush specialist, kind of a you know Ngakwe junior. So hopefully that works out. So he thinks the defensive line is one of the big keys. It is. And that's going to help the defensive backfield. Uh, this is what he said about the defensive backfield, and especially pointing to Damon Arnett has got to be in the rotation. You can't miss on multiple freaking first-round picks, especially in an area of need. Well, we drafted Arnett in the first round. He was an opening day starter, so he's a big part of us moving forward. 
Uh, he had the virus. He had an injury to his thumb. Uh, he also had concussion injuries. So he was an incomplete performer for us last year. But he's as good a corner as we have talent-wise on this team. We think he and Trayvon Mullen, Casey Hayward, uh, some of the other people that are in the mix now give us depth competition and some some interesting matchups. So uh, I'm, I'm fired up about the secondary. Uh, the safety is completely unsolved. We've got some high draft choices there playing down. Uh, we've got some high draft choice, choices playing deep. And we have a great secondary coach in Ron Miles. So if I'm a Raider fan, I'm coming out here watching practice. I'm going to keep a close eye on this secondary. It should be a strength of ours. If it isn't, uh, we've made some real mistakes. Wow. Okay. So that, okay. that was a lot of honesty at the end. That's if it right. isn't, we've made some real mistakes. And then go to the middle of it. So the beginning of it, he's still fired up about Arnett, right? He's talented. He's as good as anyone we have. The, some, uh, the safety is completely unsolved. Well, I'm look, Steve. In Gus Bradley's system, safety's not really that important. So that's a good thing. Uh, that soundbite was Ooh, incredible. Yeah. That was quite the journey. <laughs> like, to, to this is going to be great. We're in a good spot. Yeah, we might have some problems on the back end. And if it doesn't work out, this is a nightmare. Like, <laughs> that, was, that was an incredible. Can I? I'm going to throw this out. Look, I know they like the corners. I know Arnett, everything like that. Do you not make, do you not, do you not pick up the phone as mine goes off and go, Miami, what do you want for Xavier Howard? Do you not? It's a discussion to be had uh, with a salary. I'm not sure, you know, what right. sort of maneuvering, but um, I'm always of the mindset it, when it, it comes to salary cap stuff. They can, teams can always figure it out. I I also wonder about Howard with what's been going on. Yeah. You know that doesn't create any pause for you. Like that, the that he wants out. No, I, there are like, a lot of people in Miami who are really pissed off right now. Like, hey, dude, we stuck with you a couple of years ago mm-hmm. when you weren't great, and then you have a good season, and now all of a sudden you're being disrespected and you want to be dealt? Mm-hmm. Sure. No, I totally understand that. I mean, there's also a chance that they actually did something to disrespect him too, right, on the other end, and that there's a reason why he does want out. But regardless, it's a position of need. Last year was one of the best players at his position. It's a question about you know fit in terms of scheme, but for the most part, it's a team that needs a corner, and there's one of the best corners that might be available on the market. It's the Big Five at Five, brought to you by Battle Born Injury Lawyers. If you've been injured, call Justin Watkins at Battle Born Injury Lawyers, 570-9000. Hanging at the Battle Born Broadcast Center, it's Cofield and Company. All right, big story of the day, and really the last couple of days, is uh, Simone Biles and athletes and mental health. Again, to update you on the gymnast, Simone Biles out of the uh, team competition a couple of days ago and said uh, that it was more of a mental health issue. Uh, you and I, I think you agree with me. There's also just a, a straight-up health issue here, and she mm-hmm. quickly extinguished it by saying, hey, it's not an injury, but it kind of sounds like it's an injury. Right, well, I think we're talking about the twisties. You're right. And so, like, when you look at the twisties, it's essentially where you just lose your way up in the air, right? Right. It's in, I, I think, like, the way I took this all, right? Like, yes, it's mental health and all that, but it's it's mental in terms of her brain just not being calibrated correctly right. to maintain her positioning in the air or just know where she's at. That's kind of important mm-hmm. for being a gymnast. Yeah. I think it could kind of be considered a legitimate injury for somebody who does what she does. I was watching a video. It's a six-second clip of her just doing a floor routine. And I know there's technical terms. I just saw, I think, like seven flips and twists. 
right? In the span of like five seconds and to lose yourself up there the way that she does it, like that's that's insane. That's got to be terrifying. 364-1100 is the phone number. We'll open the phones here because I want some feedback. Because I think there's a lot of people out there, you know, and maybe it's a lot of older people. And then, you know, there's some young people as well who are like, man, I don't get all this mental health stuff. Like what happened to, you know, breaking through barriers and overcoming adversity? Uh, Pierce Morgan, who seems like a swell guy, said, uh, are mental health issues now the go-to excuse for any poor performance in elite sport? What a joke. Just admit you did badly, made mistakes, and we'll strive to do better next time. Kids need strong role models, not this nonsense. And there's a lot of people out there who think that way. Three, six, four, eleven hundred. So I want to hear from folks. Where are you on Simone Biles? Right? Where are you on? Because it's starting to kind of pile up the last couple of weeks. Where are you on? Oh, I don't know. Mark Andre Fleury's agent. Like, do you have to be told you're getting traded? Where are we on the Seattle Mariners who are apparently like all pissed off because one of their players got traded? Like, what does management, what do the bosses owe the athletes? Right? Is this all kind of getting a little out of control? It's like, hey, for the rest of us in our in our jobs, like you work, and if you're told to work, you just keep working. Now, the flip side of it is maybe sports and athletes are leading the way where we as labor all have more rights. And we can legitimately go to bosses and go, hey, I'm struggling right now mentally. I can't get past this. I need a day off or two. Wouldn't that be a nice scenario? But I think there's a lot of old school people out there who are like, what is going on? Mental health. Coming up in sports. Maybe too often. 364-1100. We want all the smoke. Tweet at Steve Goldfield or call 702-364-1100 and let us have it. It seems to me whenever anybody hits a home run, Tatis Jr. or Vlad Jr., Shohei goes, you know what, I need a little distance. And the one slider mistake in that at bat, Shohei didn't miss it. You're listening to Cofield and Company. Oh! 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 That's when you know you're hitting a lot of home runs. Like Joey Gallo-esque. Shohei Otani with the home run. Where the announcers on Angels TV are just like, oh! Just just crushing the ball. 463 feet for Shohei. Home run number 36 off a lefty. Yeah. That was a freaking deal. Big deal. But, you know, he's a pitcher and a hitter, and there's a lot of pressure on him to deliver. Does he need a couple of days off for mental health? I say that tongue-in-cheek. This is starting to become a, a you know a real big issue in the world of sports, and people are going at Simone Biles. I think she also has a, a physical ailment. You know, people went after Naomi Osaka. I still don't think a lot of people have forgiven Paul George for making his mental health issues about the bubble last year. And I'm just wondering where sports fans are right now because I think it's going to filter down to us in uh, your average you know workplace. Mm-hmm. This is something new, and I think a lot of old school people, my age and older, are having trouble dealing with it. Maybe you are, John. John, you're a freaking workaholic. Maybe you're having trouble dealing with it. Out to the phones. 364-1100-364-1100. Crystal wants to talk about Simone Biles and other stuff. Crystal? Hello. How are you? 
I am good. And yes, it's such an interesting subject because I'm in my 40s and probably like you growing up, it was taboo to talk about mental health. You were pretty much crazy if you needed to see a psychiatrist. And the younger generation has done an excellent job at really making it okay. You know, mental health is a real thing. Everyone has it. And I think it's important to place more value on humans and entertainment. I'm all for the Olympics and whatnot. But, you know, she can't, I think that's very brave of her to come out and, and, you know, disclose that she has mental health issues, that she has been on treatment for and medication. And let's not forget, she's also a victim of sexual abuse. That could have caused her mental illness. So I find it brave, personally, that she shared that with the world and and let everyone know, you know, she's only human and backed down. Maybe she could have backed down before she showed up. But, you know, it is what it is. But I think we need to be more sensitive about mental health. I mean, I I don't have a, I mean, I'm in investments. I don't have an Olympic career. But sometimes I need a day off, and I don't sure. take medication or seek therapists. But sometimes I'd say, you know what, I, I've had enough of this office and you people, and I'm going to need <laughs> a day tomorrow just to unwind and, you know, get back together so I can come back and be 110%, because that's what everyone expects these days is for you to be an overachiever yep. and not have any feelings and emotions attached. And, you know, we're all human. We all have mental health, and I think we really need to show more compassion to each other right now. That was a freaking awesome call. Good job, Crystal. Thank you. You have a great day. You too. Could you go to your current employer now and at VSIN and say – Hey, I need a mental health day. What would they do? I mean, you work in a very, uh, you have some women working there, but I mean, uh, sports radio is a very uh, guy intensive environment. Yeah. Uh, so I kind of always compare these sports issues, especially, you know, it's Simone Biles is one thing because she's gotten a lot of support from women and a lot of support. I, I still feel like Paul George has just been skewered over it. This is, these are changing times. This is going to be a deal in lots of workplaces where people are like, ah, you know what? I'm afraid right now. I need some time off. Now, there, I think there's also going to be the discussion, are people taking advantage of it? Mm-hmm. For sure. And that's what – I know people hate Pierce Morgan and his, his delivery is obnoxious. I think that's what he's trying to discuss. Like, can you can you actually have a discussion, hey, is this a mental health issue or well, is it something else? Okay, well, first off, you threw a lot at me. First off, with Pierce Morgan, he's the last person talking about mental toughness. He stormed <laughs> off of a set when he was getting grilled for 60 seconds. Like, he did. that's – that's it's absolutely hypocritical. He flipped out a couple he months ago. He couldn't take yeah. 60 seconds of grilling. An intense conversation right. about, about what, the Royals? Right, right. right. But, but, but Simone Biles is supposed to push through all this. Right. Can I also add that Crystal brings up a great point, which is Simone Biles and her dealings with yes. Larry Nasser. I've, I've seen that. I've seen, I saw people bring that up last night. A lot of people are like, she's lucky to be involved anymore with all that the – you know, gymnastics community put those girls through. But just to question her toughness after everything she's right. been through, like right. it's it's incredible. But no, like, look, you know me. I am unashamedly millennial. I would feel comfortable if I needed to to ask for you know a mental health day if I needed it, and I would feel no shame in doing so. And I do believe that my bosses over at Vsin would allow me to do so. Just like I believe if anybody, right, if I were to text you if I were on the schedule for tomorrow, and I were to say, hey man, like I just need a day, I'm sure I would get back a okay, and that would be the end of it. I just give you a thumbs up. 
Yeah, I wouldn't get any other response. And then you I, and I would get a tepid. And then, and then you wouldn't know what it meant. No, I would get a tepid. Sure. Like, uh, so my wife got in a car accident the other day. Oh, what and did I, I do? I, and I texted you and said, I can't make the spot. Wife got in a car accident. And then I got an okay. And then three hours later, it was, oh, and I hope she's okay. Yeah, so. Well, kind of, because, well, because when you texted me, it was like, it was in the moment of right, the show. Right. And I was, uh, and then I realized three hours later, I'm like, oh my God, how's it? Yeah, how is she? <laughs> Oops. Oops. I guess I kind of buried the lead on that right. one. But no, I like I think I, I'm I am I am very much a proud millennial, and I think that millennials are pushing the envelope on things like so you're helping us. You're not hurting us. You're not you're not contributing what? to the wussification of society, as a lot of people believe. Well, and he, like sorry that you had to walk 20 miles in the snow to work 70 hours a week, right? Like barefoot with hyenas nipping at your heels. Like just because <laughs> just because you had to do it doesn't make it the norm, and it doesn't make it right. Al is with us here on Cofield and Company. What do you think, Al? Yeah, you know, uh, she stood up, and I'm glad. Uh, I had my daughters in gymnastics, and they didn't last very long. But uh, my main point why I called was uh, with the, the mental breakdown, and then you see the people on the streets walking around the way that they are. Uh-huh. You know, I kind of wonder how how bad is it? Either way, it I mean, it doesn't matter how much money you have. You have the breakdowns, that mental breakdown where you just you wake up one day and you're just like, okay, wait a minute, what the hell? Excuse me, but I I drive around a lot and I see what's going on and I listen to you guys. You guys are my second family, and I'm just like, okay, this is just like really crazy. But I'm glad that she came out. I'm glad, and I hope all the male uh, people that need it get it and that's all i want to say all right al appreciate a good call appreciate the compliment yeah you know i posted a picture the other day and i wasn't trying to mock on the person but uh i was driving down for the show at silver sevens last thursday and there was a woman sitting on the ground indian style with her back Mm -hmm. in a driveway where people could pull in and there's no way someone was going to see her and they would i mean i i have no idea what happened I guess I, if I was a decent human being, I would have stopped, turned, or flipped, you know, turned around and tried to like drag her out of the way. But um, as I saw it, I'm like, "Ooh, okay. Well, there's something wrong there." Right. And there's a lot of there are we see it around Las Vegas. Uh, people are people are struggling big time. And just because you're famous, you're an athlete, you're getting all these honors. You know, there's different pressures there, and people snap sometimes. People struggle for months and years, and you know, it ain't easy. Maybe we should have recognized that, you know, for the last whatever number of years, there have been you know, people who have been struggling for a long time. Look, I, I like for me personally, right? I I think I have a wonderful wife. I have a family that loves me. I have a job that I really enjoy in a career field that I've worked really hard in. But the other day, like I had to sit down with Isabel, my wife, and just kind of tell her how I felt about things, right? Like because I felt a certain stress about things in in our life and our situation. You know what I mean? Trying to work things out, like it happens, and you can amplify that for certain people. People take that a certain way, right? It wears on people. You know, I'm John. Sure you have your day. You know, John. You can always turn to me, man. I'm a good guy to talk to. I'm sure you can. That was sarcasm. Well, and to- not that I wouldn't listen, but well, and, you- and that's the other thing is it, it is actually it's hard for people to find others, and especially guy environments. You know, guy to guy friends. It's hard to find. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna be on the guy side here, but it's hard for sometimes for guys to talk about stuff. They're like, I don't know who to talk to because they're like, I might get I'm used to being mocked on for stuff like this. I will be perfectly honest. My wife is the only person I talk to. I have friends. I am friends with you. I am friends with Adam, right? Uh, but I, I wouldn't. I don't think I would ever feel comfortable talking to you guys about it. 
and that, like maybe it shouldn't be that way because I do believe we're friends, and I feel like to a certain extent you guys would listen to me, but I just feel like you know what I mean. I'm not laughing at you. Actually, like I, I think of uh, everyone on the crew. I think Adam Hill's probably the guy to talk. To. Of course, yeah. Like I do. I like I. I honestly believe that if I were to call Adam, and be like, bro, I need, I need to talk. To uh, me. He's he's there for you. No, he would be. But, I'm, I'm a mental midget. So. But it, but it goes to what we talk about right all the time where. Like we talk about stigmas, and you've brought it up multiple times, especially around males. Mm-hmm. When it talks about mental health, and mm-hmm. when you when you are perceived as weak, it is when you are showing emotion. And sometimes those stigmas pop up in your brain when you're like, "Do I want to talk to my dude friend about this, or should I just go talk to my wife?" And my wife's awesome, obviously, but I don't also don't want to burden with her with every single little thing. Joel is chiming in here on Cofield and Company about Simone Biles and mental health becoming a really big issue and out front in the world of sports. Joel. <laughs> Hey, man, I love your show. I listen to you guys every day after work. Sweet. But I'm seeing you guys missing the point because you compare it to an employee. She's an athlete. But even an employee, they call sick all the time. They might be hangover. Yeah. <laughs> People call sick to work all the time. They make a lame excuse. They don't show up. They do it all the time. People need to stop, like, making excuses and pointing fingers. They do it all the time. So toughen right? up, Buttercup. <laughs> People go sick all the time to work. So she's an athlete. She doesn't feel like she's going seven feet, ten feet in there. She might break her neck or something. Yeah. You know, she's not feeling it. You got to be like, hey, you know, you know, feeling it. It's my opinion, you. you know. Yeah, I got you. So, I mean, Simone, what Simone Biles is doing, and thanks, Joel. We appreciate the call. Thanks for holding. Thank um, you, sir. Yeah, what Simone Biles is doing is incredibly dangerous. So if you feel like you're off or is, again, I don't know if this is a diagnosed thing and what the real name is for it, but, uh, you know, it, well, twisties, I don't think that's a, <laughs> a medical term. But, you know, if your equilibrium is off and you can't, you know, you, you're having trouble for whatever, days or weeks, that's that's a legit issue. And what they're doing is incredibly dangerous. I mean, imagine, you know, you're, you're flying in the air. You land, right. you could freaking break your neck. Uh, it's crazy. And, and to Joel's point, you see, that's the flip side of it. And I think in the workplace, we're going to move towards, uh, I, I think there's going to be mental health days instead of just mm-hmm. sick days. Um, but, but I, I will say, I don't know if it's a side. I do believe that people take advantage of, well, of sick days to a certain extent, um, when they're not feeling it because of something maybe they did to themselves mm-hmm. and they don't show up to work. And I think that's a, that's a situation every workplace is going to have to deal with every crew. Like we have a crew. Um, and I think most of us feel, you know, responsible to to be here to show up because if we're not here, it means someone else has to do our work. And you know, these next five or ten years are going to be really interesting about the the you know the morphing and the adjustments in the workplace. There are always going to be people who take advantage of a system, right? Like it's, it's just always going to happen. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't just because there's going to be the few who want to take advantage of something like this doesn't mean that the many who actually need it should be crucified for wanting it, right? Like that's, I think it's a really simple thing. Like for example, when I worked at Starbucks, I knew somebody there that had FMLA. And any time, and it was frustrating, if it got busy, if they were tired, if they were, FMLA, I got to go home. And it was frustrating. Trust me, there's people like that. And they got it for a legitimate reason, but it became a crutch to lean on whenever things got bad. There's always going to be people like that. But that doesn't mean I hate everybody who had FMLA because there are people who actually need it. The show never ends. Watch the Cofield and Company late night pod tonight at 9 o'clock on YouTube or at Steve Cofield on Twitter. Cofield and Company presents. Hey, hold on. Bag up, bag up. Grab bag. Don't touch it. Don't even look at it. Only on ESPN Las Vegas. Take your hand in there, Dave. Uh, good calls. 
Last couple minutes on uh, mental health and sports. We'll do more of that tonight with our buddy Seren Petro out of Kansas City. Uh, Seren and I together are will be kind of interesting on mental health and the workplace and how things are changing because we're a little we're both a little bit hard charging when it comes to working. Well, yeah, working, but we're not but, Neanderthals. I was going to say we're not working through mental issues. But we're not Neanderthals. Rub some dirt on it, kid. Let's go. Nine o'clock tonight at Steve Cofield up on YouTube and uh, also uh, ESPN Las Vegas Facebook. Stick your hand in there, Dave. My lord, seventeen fourteen baseball game. I can't even do the joke, but eh, I had the under Detroit and Minnesota seventeen fourteen. Tigers win. Tigers are actually kind of decent. Forty nine and fifty five. At least they have some young guys to build around now. Zero home runs for Detroit in this era with 17 runs. That's kind of crazy. Yeah, it's unthinkable in today's era to be able to do that. Stick your hand in there, Dave. Uh, big news tomorrow that we'll get to. We can tell you again about it now. Uh, Joey Gallo, Las Vegas, goes from the Rangers. Big power guy. Hopefully uh, in Yankee Stadium, uh, in that New York atmosphere, competitive atmosphere, can you know hit closer to 250, 260 on a regular basis. But massive power dude, Rangers to the Yankees. It's a good pickup for the Yankees. It is. I hope they're patient with him. I hope the fans are patient with him because, uh, you know, he's not he's not quite the, uh, like I said, the average hitter that uh, both Judge and Stanton are. I, he's, based on the way they've been recently, uh, he's more durable. Mm-hmm. So he plays most of the time. He got hurt last year with what was a wrist. He had to get a broken bone in his wrist. But hell of a pickup, and he's still a very young guy. Right. So and up for arbitration what next year? So, uh, like I'm just more curious from the perspective of the Yankees. They needed a left-handed bat, but I mean, does this make you feel any more confident in their chances to make a wild card push? I think you still need slightly. A, a they're, pitcher, they're, don't you? they're yeah, they need pitching. Yeah, uh, both starting and bullpen. They're starting to come out of it a little bit. They're playing some better baseball. Uh, I like what Joel Sherman said about Joey Gallo. Uh, he said the Yankees have long liked Gallo. He would uh, he brings a needed left-handed power diversification. He, like Judge, is no lumbering big man. He can mm-hmm. defend. He's athletic, uh, but he also would bring a lot more swing and miss to the lineup. So, and he is he's athletic. Like uh, you know, you see a lot of big guys, you know, like a Jesus Aguilar, right, mm-hmm. in Miami, who's like six five two seventy five. Gallo's six five two forty. He's a, he is a good athlete for his size. And Judge is ridiculous. Judge is six seven two eighty two and moves. I always do like I was looking to see if there was anything in terms of like notable prospects going back. The, the Rangers did get they got a lot. A, a good, I was going to say they, <laughs> they got, got they got, got a lot quite of a bit. Yeah, saw a lot of names. I didn't get to look Again, up. The you level don't know of what those guys are going to be, but it's it's kind of about like uh, it's, it's about qu- uh, quantity, right? Like just grab as many prospects as you can, and we'll see if any of these um, pop up. Stick your hand in there, Dave. And there are rumors flying hot and heavy for other players like Max Scherzer, who I don't well. You know, they, these are all rumors. Um, sounds like he doesn't want to go to New York, so the Mets and Yankees wouldn't be in on him, but he would be open to potentially going to Boston, which what a punch in the gut for the Yankees. And then we also talked about the story earlier that some are saying he prefers the West Coast, you know, Giants, Padres, or Dodgers. So that could be another big chip out there. And again, Gallo was probably one of the 10 best guys available. And most importantly, he's not one of these guys already making 30 mil a year. Mm-hmm. He's under control for another you know year and a half. Um, man. I, th- I hope he goes to the Rays. Actually, Scherzer. Scherzer. I would. I would yeah. love it. Why not? If they give up the prospects. Now I'm. I'm heavily invested in them to win the AL uh, the uh, AL East. So that's part of the reason why I want them to get him. But uh, he would be great. Stick your hand in there, Dave. You know, I briefly mentioned the Seattle. A lot of the players were pissed off about yeah. Kendall Graveman, one of their relievers being traded, and they were hammering on 
uh, Jerry DePoto, an unnamed player, uh, basically said he hasn't come down here. See, he set up DePoto, the GM. He sits up in a suite playing fantasy baseball and rips our team apart without telling us anything. Does he have to? Not really. Again, like, I, I want to be um, – and, you know, I, I know people – I think this is annoying when I'm like, I want to be pro-labor. Like, baseball players aren't your traditional labor because they make a lot of money. Um, and, yeah, we'd all like to be respected by our bosses and have communication. Sometimes the bosses freaking – sometimes they just can't tell you what's going on. So, Jerry DePoto's got to come down and, like, apologize to everyone because he made a move that he likes. Well, former Angels it's GM. weird. Former Angels GM Jerry DePoto. So, he deserves it. Um, well, no. the flip side of it is he – the guy was hammered uh, for his time there and what? hammered early on in Seattle. They've actually had – a. Damn good season, exceeding expectations. I, I have asked many times, where the hell was this when you were in Anaheim, right? right? No, I think, like, I'm more surprised, because I'm with you. Same thing on the floor end, right? Like, you can't immediately just reach out. Like, you're, you're making deals, you're taking calls. Like, you got to get these things done, especially as you're coming up on the trade deadline. I, I think more of the mindset, like, if you're looking at it, if you're upset that he's breaking up a team that is winning, I can understand that, not the emotional aspect. We're out of here. Thanks to the folks here at uh, Battleborn Injury Lawyers. Make sure you give them a call. First and foremost, Justin Watkins, 5709000 Back 9 o'clock tonight with the Late Night Podcast up on YouTube and Twitter.